Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henzi, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways Podcast, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicles, Shards of San Francisco. I am your storyteller, Storytellerina, and I am looking forward to some of the very interesting plots and plans that we have going forward tonight. As always, I would like to thank all of our listeners for your support and your memes and responses to all of the episodes. We greatly appreciate your listening ears. Also like to thank our Patreon backers, as always, for your additional support. If you'd like to join our Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. You'll find a lot of extra content, including some very, very, very fun vampire related content there. But we appreciate any support you give us. And now on with the show. So first, introductions to my right. Yeah. Hi, this is Mike, and I play Marcus Voss of Clan Bruja. And to Marcus's right. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I'm playing Rom the Shaman, Clan Malkavian. Yes. And next to Tegan. Hi, I'm Ali, and I play Katerina Bogdanovich of Clan Toreador. And at the end of the table. Hello, hello. My name is Bridget, and I play Monica West of Clan Salubri. And not last this time, we have... This is Tiffany, and I play Alex Giovanni, and I have a meeting. You do. And your meeting happens to be with our very distinguished guest this evening. Last but never least. Uh, yes, hello, I'm Scott Dorwood, and once again, I shall be playing William Mallet of Clan Ventru, everyone's friend. Everybody's friend. Best friend. So, we begin this evening in San Francisco, as per usual, on the night of February 15th, so the night after our eventful Valentine's Day party on Rom's boat out in the port of San Francisco. And so as we are beginning a new night, I would like rouse checks from everyone. See how you're doing this evening. And that is a nine. Marcus, as always, is not hungry. I got ten. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Rom, Rom's doing fine. Rom, Rom had a, a good night of snacking on the boat, so. I succeeded. Wonderful. I got a seven. So Katarina is also good. And Monica succeeded as well. So we are all doing wonderfully in the Coterie. What about uh, Mr. Mallet? Uh, Mr. Mallet is doing fine as well. I got a nine. Wonderful. So everyone had a good night the night before, whatever it was they were up to. And now it is a cold but clear February night as you arise to do your business this evening. No rain, no drizzle, just cold, bit of wind, 
beautiful moon up in the sky, and Alex Giovanni, you have a meeting to attend. Yeah, indeed, I... So, how are you preparing for this meeting? I'll probably wear all black tonight, with a little bit of silver. So, you get all dressed up and ready to go. Ajax is looking a little... Like he had a good time the previous night. He was off at his own party while you were on the boat. But he uh, just sort of pulls his sunglasses down slightly, smiles and puts them back up as he gets in the car. After opening the door for you. William. Hmm. The night before you got a call from Sophie at the Opticon offices informing you uh, that Alex Giovanni had come by and was looking for you, and you had arranged a meeting for tonight. Sophie was very agitated and upset afterwards. Uh, She made a complaint about Alex moving her things around and knocking things off the desk and just being a genuine nuisance. Oh, dear. Yes. Uh, Sophie's a very neat, orderly person, and she did Mm. not like having her stuff moved around. She just seem to be somewhat upset with it. But you are getting ready for this meeting uh, this evening. How is William preparing? I think all William is doing is going about his business as he always does. He's a very busy man. He has a lot of irons in the fire, and he has obviously carved out a bit of time for this meeting with Alex, but I don't think any other special preparations are in order. So you handle your business uh, for the night. You tune into the the radio on your way over. You have your your driver mm-hmm. turn it on, and you hear some invective from a particular preacher at a very particular Baptist church in town. Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Railing on about the sins of San Francisco and the demons that lurk in the dark. Where do they get those ideas from? It's shocking. So shocking. And you review some information from your spies and your contacts throughout the city. Nothing too major seems to be going on recently, although you are aware that Ram the Shaman had a rather large party the night before. It was invitation only, so you weren't able to get many of your people there, but uh, a young Toreador by the name of Vaughn did leave a note for you with Sophie that the rift between Alex and Marcus appears to be growing. Vaughn did not know why, but they seem to be very much at odds with each other. That's the information you managed to get from them, along with some other idle chit-chat and gossip from Elysium uh, from some of your other contacts, let's say. You arrive at the Opticon office. You get all set up in the in the meeting room. Sophie seems to have regained her composure, but you could still see there's some very tight wrinkles around her mouth and her eyes. She's very much not looking forward to Giovanni arriving this evening. Don't worry, Sophie. Uh, if there is any unpleasantness, I'll make sure that it's resolved swiftly and decisively. I have no doubt, monsieur, uh, but uh, I am not used to such things in my office. I do not like mm-hmm. the, the rude ones. Yes, I 
do quite understand what you mean. Uh, San Francisco has always had a reputation for being perhaps a little on the bohemian side and certainly full of free thinkers, but I wasn't quite expecting the people here to be such savages. It's, well, the sooner we're away from this place, the better. She nods. And there is also uh, a call scheduled for you from Chicago uh, later this evening. Of course. Very well. I think uh, perhaps it will improve the mood. And she smiles tightly. And she closes the door and goes back to her desk. So, Alex, you arrive at the building. Ajax pulls out his phone to go back to Duolingo. And you know the routine by now. You get in the elevator. There's some very boring elevator music playing. As you are deposited on the correct floor for your meeting with Mr. Mallet. And Sophie looks up from her desk with a very disapproving frown and just says, I will uh, let Monsieur Mallet know that you are here. Please do not touch anything. I'm going to like start pointing at something slowly. Like I'm going to touch, like I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. And I'll just put my hands down. You, you see a slight twitch at the corner of her right eye, but she's very professional and doesn't say anything. She just gets up. She goes back to the office, knocks on the door and says, well, Monsieur Mallet, Mix uh, Giovanni is here. While she's away, I am going to turn something completely around. Sophie comes back. She looks down at her desk, sees you've turned her desk calendar around. And now there's a little twitch on both eyes. She says, Monsieur Mele will see you now. You could feel her glaring daggers into your back the entire walk back to the office. Brings a smile to my face. Ah, wonderful, Alex. It is a delight to see you as ever. Please do come in and make yourself comfortable. Thank you. I will uh, walk in and take a seat and make sure I don't wrinkle my suit. It's probably more expensive than this chair. I understand you made quite the impression on Musa Shambo yesterday. Oh, we had a slight disagreement, yes. She's not easy to get along with. She has her ways. She is not always comfortable with chaos, which does make being in San Francisco challenging to her. I think it's challenging to all of us. There is a lot to be said for chaos sometimes in the opportunities it presents, but it needs to be managed carefully. But anyway, I digress. I simply wanted... Well, this is partly... A social call. I just wanted to catch up to see how things were with you. And with your group of friends, or or former friends, in some cases. Yes. I, I I'd like to think I'd like to think that while you and I are not exactly close friends, we barely know each other, that still I am someone you feel you can unburden yourself to. And if there is anything pressing on your mind that maybe I can even help you with some of the problems you're facing. That is uh, very kind. Um, I've mostly uh, just been 
staying in my place, doing my normal business. But it is distressing, is it not, when the people that we thought we were close to start becoming distant Perhaps through no fault of our own, sometimes through a a change in circumstances. And I I understand that perhaps your relationship with um, Mr. I'm sorry, Baron Voss (laughs) is uh, a bit fractious these days. Alex actually rolls their eyes. Alex hates the Baron, the title. Yes. uh, And I just wondered whether... As I said, I, I at my advanced age, I have come to value friendship. I've seen so many friendships come and go over time. I've seen, I've seen relationships wither on the vine, promising relationships. And when I look back, it's those lost relationships, those lost friendships that I regret more than anything else. And... I just simply hope that I can help you from perhaps having the same kinds of regrets should you ever make it to my age. I, uh, in the past, have not been known to have very many friends to begin with, and that was kind of a forced friendship uh, by Esme. So, but the friends that I did have, or friend that I did have, he has hurt so oh to tell uh, that's all I'm willing to say at this point everything has a price you know my business so you say everything has a price uh, is this I, I'm, I'm sorry uh, perhaps this is a bit blunt but would that perhaps be the opening of a negotiation you aren't known First, uh, let me say, uh, because we haven't had too many interactions. I don't play too many games, so I will just say this. You aren't known to uh, have very many social visits, so I figured that this was a negotiation or us to come to some kind of understanding, considering that I am apart from both sides. Alex, why can't it be both because I don't trust very many, and I haven't gotten anything, any reason to trust you at this point. Oh, I, uh, that's very sensible. I wouldn't trust me. But that's not really what what's at stake here. I, 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 there are a great many friends that I have in kindred society who I wouldn't dream of turning my back on. But that doesn't mean we're not friends. There is, when in our society, there is a lot more to friendship than trust. Friendship is built upon mutual interests. It is built upon mutual worldviews. It is built upon the things that we can do for each other. And often that has very little to do with trust. That is true. Usually trust is the last part of the equation. I will give you that. Oh, very well. You see, we're off to a wonderful start. So, as I said, if this is the opening stage of a negotiation, what is it that I could help you with besides helping you mend bridges? Mostly, I just want to operate my business as I do. 
And what is impeding you in that? Well, not being on uh, speaking terms with the Baron, that leaves a huge segment of the population out of my reach. I never know what's going on on your side. Well, that's... That that saddens me to hear that. What is it that I could inform you about that would put you um, uh, more at rest with what is happening with the Camarilla? Well, I don't know where you stand. Do you know that some of your people have a very troubling past? Oh, do tell. Well, maybe with factions of the human sort that never should have made it this far. I think we've established enough rapport between us now that we don't have to be oblique. If there is something that is deeply troubling you, be explicit about it. Okay, you have Nazis working for you. Huh. I, I, I take it that's a bad thing. You don't think that it isn't? I, I I must admit I don't really keep up with uh, kind politics. I I was under the impression they were making something of a comeback at the moment, but from what you're saying, that's not entirely welcome. I I, I get confused about these things. I mean, political, but you know, human political factions come and go the whole time. I, I mean, they, they they they're very easy to manipulate sometimes, particularly the more authoritarian ones. But yes, I do understand that they that some beliefs can be seen is upsetting. Right. So if you translate that into kindred and into kindred society, what does that mean? Like, they want a pure race. They want only certain kinds of kindred. They are making moves to purify the bloodline. Ah, so you're saying that that is happening amongst the kind. Yes, I, I, I can see how that might upset certain groups uh, and and lead to animosity. So what is it you propose that I do about these Nazis? I mean, that's up to you to decide. I'm just saying if other kindred find out that one of them among them are a part of this group, I mm. don't think that things are going to sit very smoothly. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so, as I said, I, I um, these these human political allegiances do elude me sometimes. Uh, what uh, could, could you identify specifically who this is, so that I might investigate them further? I could. It's it's going to be very difficult for me to take action against them if I don't know who they are. That's assuming that I uh, think that you would take action against them. I mean, it doesn't seem like you're very upset about it. So, I mean, what kind of action do you think you would take? Also, I don't have uh, any guarantee that I would not be sold out to them. I just wanted to know where you stood. Hmm. Yes. Where I stand is that in the interests of our burgeoning friendship, I am quite happy to find this person with these objectionable views and make an example of them. No matter their position? You are making this needlessly difficult at the moment. That's what I do. 
I am attempting to negotiate here in good faith, but it does feel rather like every time we make some progress, you are shifting those goalposts a bit. So perhaps you could meet me part way in this negotiation and let me know precisely what it is that I'm dealing with here. You are dealing with a mage who is using their power to experiment and cleanse other kindred. Uh, You see, yes, that does sound quite unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. Then if you would do me the kindness of letting me know who this is, then I can deal with them. You may want to look at your Tremere whip, then. Huh. Really? You're talking about Miss Van Ness? Yes. Interesting. All right. Then, in the interests of our growing friendship, if I were to deal with this particular situation, let's assume with extreme prejudice, then... I would rather appreciate a consideration in return. And that would be? You seem as troubled with the (laughs) Baron Voss situation as I am. And I, I understand that there is friendship between you that has soured. Or at least, not friendship may be the wrong word, but an association between the two of you. And... Let's just say that I wish him no personal ill will. I am just very concerned about what his actions mean for the stability and safety of the kindred of San Francisco. And I wish to try to steer things back onto a more secure path. And the problem I have with this is that I have limited means of... Even interacting with him, whatever means we use tend to be fraught ones, acting through intermediaries and uh, playing little games with each other that, frankly, I think ultimately get us nowhere. What I would like very much would be if you could... I'm, I'm not talking necessarily about manipulating him or deceiving him. I'd just like to see you rekindle your acquaintance, re-establish it again, and just see whether perhaps you could be the voice of reason when so many people around him are enabling his madness. I could definitely see what I could do. I can't promise anything. He's not allowing very many people close to him anyways, from what I've heard. But I will do what I can. Well, that's all That's all any of us can do. There is one other thing, though. If we are going to have c- continued social interactions, continued information, swapping, whatever you want to label it as, is that if we are going to be friends, then... We need to let each other know what is going on on either side. The comings and goings, the movings, the shakings. There's only so many parties I can get into. 
Again, I see no objection in principle, but you do understand that that is a very vague and open-ended request, and obviously there will be limitations on that. I cannot, for example, let you know the inner workings, the top levels of the Camarilla, but... Well, I'm sure that's pretty boring anyways. Actually... Yes, it really is. But yes, I. as long as we are establishing some rapport between us, then I'll tell you what. Why don't we make this a regular thing? Why don't we have little chats, say, once a week, where it's, it's like two old friends coming together for a gossip? Yeah, definitely. I mean... It won't be any different than maybe me going to see Sebastian, right? I have to go to Elysium all the time now. Mm. Yes, yes, I, I've been meaning to drop by and say hello to him myself. I haven't seen him, well, since since he used his old name. Well, all right. Well, then, uh, we coming back this time next week, then? I look forward to it. Excellent. I will, uh, see... If Marcus wants to speak with me, I do not call him Baron. (laughs) Well, what I would suggest is that you humor him. And then when the two of us meet, any frustrations that may have pent up, then you are free to either forgo using the title or use it ironically. (laughs) I recommend the latter. It is greatly cathartic. I'm sure. So as this meeting wraps up, let's change cameras for the moment over to the independent territory of San Francisco and to one aforementioned Baron Voss. So Marcus, you and Katerina have gotten up this evening. It was an interesting night the night before, but as you come downstairs into the main office area, this big open space where you do a lot of your work, you find Jean, your herald, there waiting for you, and she has an envelope. Good evening, Jean. Good evening, Marcus. Um, This came for you just a few minutes ago, hand-delivered, and she passes you the envelope, and in very old-fashioned but very neat handwriting, it just says Baron Voss on the outside. I have a feeling I know who that's from. Thank you. How's, uh, how is everything, June? Going pretty well. Didn't have any chaos last night. I was thinking maybe somebody somewhere would try something, but seems everyone was too busy partying off in their own little locations. Then no concerns from a um, masquerade standpoint? Oh, no. And uh, we took care of the Tremere issue. I supervised it myself. Good. So, shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be. Well, you never know. I don't like absolutes because, well, very few things can be absolute. That's very true. It was something that needed to be done. It's regrettable, but... I know. Unfortunately, the time came. Overall, it'll make the territory safer. And Esmeralda is a lot happier. I'll just put it that way. She saw him as a security risk, and you know how she feels about that. She wasn't wrong. Yes. Well, she's going to be reviewing 
the outposts this evening just to make sure nobody can sneak in after the last time. So she'll be busy this evening, but I can always call her if you need me to. Uh, I've got some paperwork, my favorite thing in the world to do this evening. You do love your logistics. Oh, yes. It's wonderful seeing all the little pieces come together. Did you attend the party last night? No, I didn't. Uh, But I sent a couple of uh, us over to put in an appearance. Malarkey wanted to go, but uh, one of the cats was sick. I took care of business here. I felt like that was more suited to what what my job is than partying while you were making an appearance, so. Well, that's mostly true. I just want to make sure you don't forget to enjoy yourself occasionally. Can't all be work. Are you planning on stopping down to Elysium this evening? I was considering it. I think you should. I haven't checked in in a couple weeks. Oh, do you? I do. What sort of business do you think I should be conducting at Elysium. I think it's a very special night for everyone. They say with a very wide smile. Interesting. Well, after I finish my paperwork, then I can head down. I'm sure Sebastian will be glad for the gossip. Hmm. Yes, do say hello. Always. We have to talk about when he's going to be bringing the boat down around this way anyway. We do. Which is in part why I wanted you to go down there. I think it would be a good idea for Elysium to make an appearance inside uh, the territory. Well, I know he's willing to. I'm certain Miriam and some of the others in Oakland would appreciate it as well. I'll make sure he knows. Wonderful. All right. Well, I'm going to deal with this envelope. Let me know if you need to send a reply and I'll get one of the boys. Of course. She smiles and goes off to her desk so she can do her beloved paperwork by hand. Everything is color-coded. She is very happy. Well, as long as she's happy, that's important. Um, I'll step back from the center of the room and sort of lean up against the wall and carefully open the envelope. You open the envelope and it has the stamp or the symbol of Clan Tremere at the top of the paper in very ornate gold ink. And there's also a personal symbol running through the back of it, as many high-ranking members of various clans tend to do. And it says, Dear Baron Voss, I appreciate you taking the time to handle this situation, and I am reassured by the fact that you are aware of just how much of a problem young Mr. Markovich has caused me. I hope you will not think it too rude. However, despite your assurances, I must request some sort of proof that the problem has been taken care of. I do not know you, Baron, and as such, I cannot merely take your word for it. If you would be so kind as to send me a vial of his vitae, just as a proof that he is no longer a problem, then I will consider the matter closed. As for the other matter, thank you for enlightening me. I will have a discussion with the person in question. Yours faithfully, Grandmother. Hmm. I'll fold the note up and then promptly burn it. And then after that, 
I am uh, going to get dressed up to go out. Fantastic. And where are you heading this evening? Oh, back upstairs to the residence first. So, Katarina, what have you been up to for the first hour or so of this evening while Marcus is downstairs taking care of some business? You do have uh, an appointment this evening. Yes, I do, which means that I'm also probably in the process of getting ready. Also dressed up a little bit. So, Marcus, you come back upstairs to meet Katarina, and she has gotten all dressed up for the event. Good evening. Is there an event I'm not aware of? Uh, we have a date. Do tell. I, I If there's something we have a, a pre-planned um, meeting, I'm, I'm, I've forgotten. I'm sorry. Uh, it is a social event. It's a double date with Ray Ray and his partner. Right. Of course. Uh, of course. Do we need to cancel? No, 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 no. I know uh, Ray Ray is important to you. Perfectly happy to tag along. Good. Katarina, where where did you and Ray Ray arrange for this date night to be? It's probably at a bar slash club. More bar than club, but like there's dancing and there's not like real food. So, you know, not raising suspicion, but it's quiet enough that we can, uh, you know, talk and, you know, if I want, I can, you know, rouse the blood to enjoy an alcoholic beverage if I want and just chat, have a good time. I haven't seen him for a while. Is it inside or outside the territory? That's the question. Inside the territory. Not a fucking mm-hmm. chance that we're going outside the territory. I, lo- I love Ray Ray, but he has to come to me. <laughs> we will leave the two of you for the moment heading out to your date. We'll come back and see how that goes. I'm sure Marcus is thrilled. Absolutely. In a bit. Rom, your party was a great success last night. Of course it was. There were no deaths that you're aware of. Everyone had a very, very good time. And you've gotten a steady stream of note cards and handwritten notes from the older vampires who still ascribe to the etiquette notions of sending handwritten thank you notes. And your ghouls have been kept fairly busy for the last hour answering all of them. But it seems like it was a great night for everyone. Good time. No explosions. I really thought that William would have tried something and I'm a little offended he didn't. I guess it's for the best. I, I didn't I didn't see Vince. You didn't know. Yeah. And he said he was gonna come. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and shoot a text. Let me know if anything comes back in the next minute or two. So, Marcus, do you still have Vince's phone? Or did you give that to Gene? No, I still have Vince's phone. It's turned off, but Okay. So, Rom, you send a text, and you don't get a reply. And that is also a a little strange to you, Rom, because in the last few weeks, you know, Vince has been kind of desperate for company, because he's all by himself. And so... You know, screw it. I'm gonna call him. The call does not go through. Okay. Fucking needs to charge his phone. Maybe he forgot. He's not good at doing things lately. God, 
who's in charge of this puppy? I'm going to remember something from last night or from the party. And I'm going to go ahead and call Marcus. So, Marcus, as you and Katarina are getting ready to leave, you get a phone call from Rob the Shaman. Hi, Rob. Hey, I'm sure you're busy. Just quick question. Have you been checking in on Vince? I can't get a hold of him by text or call. Hmm. Yeah, I checked in on him. I saw him last night. Before the party. Oh. Okay, then. Shit. All right, fine. Then I guess he's just busy. All right. Well, I don't want to bug you, so I'll go about my business. Oh, just wanted to let you know we are getting close to going live. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I need, like, maybe a week for limited functionality, at least within the area. Is that gonna be acceptable? Absolutely. Yeah, it would be supremely helpful. Okay. I think I've got it to work handheld. So, as long as you keep it to text, I think it'll be stable. We don't have a ton of bandwidth. We shouldn't need a ton, but having it will be what's important. Okay. If you have to push audio... It's going to just be you. I can't have a ton of users on it. Yeah, I'd actually prefer not to unless it's an, an extremely important message that has to be sent. Yeah, the, the sheer amount of bullshit that has to be glued on either end of anything meaningful to get this through and to get it to not be detectable really limits our options. But, like I said, one week. Well... I appreciate your diligence. And as always, safety first. Absolutely. All right, I'll click. So, as far as you know, Vince is fine. No, yeah, of course. I mean, he's not my baby. You, you've done your due diligence. You've checked in to make sure he's fine. And... All right, well, I mean, I'm just going to... I'm not calling anybody else, but I'm just going to shoot a text to Katarina and Alex... Um, just to check in on them, make sure they had a good night, um, that everything's okay. And then I'm going to go out. Is, why seems open every night, right? I can go. I can get out. Yeah, you can do what you want. You're Rom the Shaman. You're on a boat. I know. I can't stay on this boat forever, though. All right, fine, fine. I'm shaking it off. I'm not anxious about leaving the territory. I'm not anxious at all. I've got this. I'm not Mallet's target. Yeah, I'm okay. I'll be fine. I'm gonna go to Elysium as soon as I flip open my little notepad and shit, which ghoul do I have to feed tonight? Nikki. Yeah, it's every night. Okay. Nikki's very hungry. I know. I'm going to handle that. Then I'm going to go to Elysium. So, Rom continues repeating his affirmations to himself in a futile attempt to soothe the anxiety about leaving the territory. Rom has not left the territory since the territory was formed, other than on his boat. So, it's understandable that he'd be a bit agitated. 
So we'll leave you feeding Nikki for the moment and turn camera over to Monica. So Monica, it was an interesting night last night, but it was also kind of good, right? Because you got to feel useful. You got to do your job. Yes. Which you haven't gotten to do in a while. And you actually got to fix some people. So that felt good. Yeah, it was a good night. And the party wasn't as Rami as she was expecting. I mean, it was definitely a ROM party, but it wasn't as Rami as she expected it to be. So she's like silently happy about that too. Chase gives you a peck on the forehead. He's getting dressed up in his full suit. He says, well, that was a wonderful time last night. Glad to see you enjoying yourself. Yeah, I thought so too. Thank you for coming. He smiles and pets your hair. I know it's been a hard couple of months for us, especially the last five weeks, but looks like you're settling in. Uh, She's stretched out across the bed. She's probably literally just wearing her panties and she's sending a text message over to Justin just to see like, hey, do you need me to bring you food Uh, or do I need to get a vet over there? Just kind of like checking in to see how he's doing with the cat. Uh, And then she's going to roll over and face Chase. She says, hey, if we're not affiliated with the Camarilla anymore, are we not fucking because of that? Or was there some other reason that we're not doing it? His third eye raises its eyebrow. And her third eye is dialed in. Well, uh, I thought you were needing some space. You seemed really stressed and agitated. And I know you don't like change. And well, I didn't think it was appropriate. No, that's fair. And she'll pull herself up on her elbows. Do you want to? Should we be exploring that part of our relationship or not? It's just, it's weird. I get jealous about you when you're in social circles or when you tell me that you've been at parties that were sexually explicit, but I'm also like, there's this weird thing going on with the little somber boy next door. And half the time it feels like I'm cheating on you, but we're not actually fucking. So I just, I just, some clarity would be great. And she flops back down on a bit. Chase looks a bit flabbergasted is the best word. You've never seen him like this before. He just sort of stands there one hand on his hip and he scratches his head a bit. Well, honestly, I don't know if I'm being completely honest. I mean, we've been together such a long time. I mean, not that it hasn't crossed my mind and his all three eyes are looking you up and down slowly. Feels a little strange considering I'm your sire, but... I mean, do you want to? I don't know. But if the Camarilla thing was a barrier, I just, I guess I just wanted to articulate the fact that it's non-existent anymore. I'm not expecting an answer right now. I understand that this is a blind sight. I know. I know that. Just a little. Yeah, Uh, sorry. No, no, no. It's it's something to think about. Um, I have a meeting with the Herald to get to. She's going to help me with some paperwork. Sorry. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's not what you needed right now. Sorry. He scratches his head. Uh, but you've certainly given me something to think about. Um, we'll have to continue this discussion after work. Yeah, that's fine. I'm. S- oh, God, Chase. I'm sorry. Just, you know, there's no wrong answers, right? I'm not going anywhere. You're literally home. He, he seems a little uncomfortable now, like maybe a little bit awkward. Uh, and he picks up his keys and says, I'll, 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 I'll see you after uh, my meeting and bolts out the door. You've never seen you've never seen Chase look this awkward before. He's usually very suave and confident and now he's just kind of uh-oh. 
So he is out the door. And you get a text back from Justin, Justin Malarkey, saying, Anansi seems better today, but that uh, he's still feeling, he still seems to be feeling a little bit under the weather and just wants to cuddle. So if you want to drop by with some cat food or something, you're welcome to, but he won't be able to answer the door. Okay. Uh, she'll send uh, him a text back. Should I drop you off something to eat? No, no. Good. All good. Um, had some food last night. Korean. It's great. She thinks for a moment, it's like, it's funny. I never did like Korean. And she'll just, you know, send him back like the heart and the hug emoji. And she's going to get up and get dressed in some sweats with a Berkeley, California Berkeley sweatshirt. And she's going to go hit that one baseball diamond that's outside in the Barron's um, in the Barron's territory. So you go out to the baseball diamonds and there is someone already practicing there. Oh, fantastic. She was worried she was going to have to dominate somebody again tonight. Maybe she can actually just make a friend. Well, it looks like another vampire to you. Mm. She's in the barony. She's in the barony. I'm in the barony. I'm in the barony. I'm fine. It's fine. She'll approach. Well, this is a short, fairly well-built woman uh, with close-cropped dark hair, big green eyes. Uh, her skin is kind of dusky, and she sets it off really well with gold eyeliner. It's hmm. very attractive in the oncoming darkness. Uh, but she's twirling the bat around in her hands, and she looks up and she says, Oh, hi. Uh, you want to get some practice and I can leave. No, do you actually mind staying? No, not at all. Uh, I guess you've got your third eye covered, I would hope. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. She she looks you up and down and her nostrils flare a little. She takes in a sniff and goes, Okay, you're one of us. Had to check. No, it's fine. Hey, is it okay if we skip clans for just tonight on that oh, part yeah. of the introduction? I I don't know what your clan is. You don't need to tell me, but you're here. And uh, I would assume if you were engaged in nefarious intentions, you wouldn't be coming out to the baseball diamond. You want to bat first? Sure. Why not? I'm Monica. Olive. Olive. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for playing with me. Anytime. Gets a little boring out here. And she stretches and leans. You can hear the joints cracking a little bit. And uh, there's a little glint of amusement in her eyes. And she says... You want to throw? Yeah, let's see what you got, Olive. She'll throw like a, a playful wink. Yeah, so you go up to the pitcher's mound and Olive goes into a batting stance with her left foot in front of her right foot. She holds up the bat and you can see her just shifting her shoulders. And she's got this kind of not combative, but more competitive look about hmm. her. And you wind up your pitch and you throw the ball and I'm going to make a roll for Olive here. Okay, she did really well. So she got five successes. So as you you throw the ball and she just swings with such power, it, it's a blur of motion. You've never seen this before. You're not super sportsy, mm -mm. but you've watched people play, right? And you've practiced on your own. You hear an audible crack as she hits the ball and it goes flying out of sight. And she just goes, oops. 
Uh, Monica's nose follows that ball for as long as she can uh, up and over her head and over her shoulders. And she turns back with this very impressed but shocked look. Bad night? Or is this pretty much par for your course? I mean, pretty strong. She smiles. But a bit of a bad night. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's work that out, shall we? And Monica has gone through multiple bats, so she already knows to bring extra, so... She'll throw her another bat. She's like, let's try this again, because let's be honest, I was holding back. Bring it on. So we'll, we'll leave Monica uh, in the park batting with Olive, the vampire of as yet undetermined clan, and check in on William after Alex has left. So, William, Alex has left. You've made some notes. You've had a, a lot to think about. And Sophie comes in sets up the phone equipment and says uh, Chicago should uh, be calling in about two minutes. Uh, if you are ready do you need anything? Yes yes marvelous. Uh, actually yes there is one thing I'll need. Uh, could you find me the dossier on Phoebe Van Ness, the uh, Tremere whip? Uh, of course. We have quite the substantial files but uh, I will bring them to you uh, after the meeting uh, with Chicago or during? During. I can't imagine it'll be very interesting. As you wish, monsieur. She closes the door. And sure enough, within about 90 seconds, the phone begins to ring. I'll give it 20 seconds before I answer. You pick up the phone after 20 seconds, and on the other end you hear a, Hello, William, is that you? Who else were you expecting? Could have had your secretary answering the phone, William. You know. I could have, but, well, it's me you want to speak to, isn't it? True, true. And you know you're speaking to Ari. Ari is one of your colleagues back in Chicago and in the Camarilla Council. And he's usually the one who calls you when you're out of town doing business for the cam. When you're in other towns doing the uh, hammering sort of work that you do. And so he lets the pause grow out for a moment. And then he says, we got your letter from November. Sorry it took us a bit to answer. We had things going on. You know how it is. Hmm. Indeed. So you need some backup. That's a first. Thought you would have taken care of it by yourself, old chap. The situation here has proved to be chaotic. You know how it is. I, I believe... Well, I, I did once know uh, a kind who... What was what was the, uh, the profession he belonged to? He was a medical... Uh, that's right, he was an oncologist. That was the word he used, an oncologist. And... He was telling me about cancer, which is fascinating, that the longer you leave it untreated, the more difficult it is to treat, and eventually it becomes untreatable, that it spreads and metastasizes, that's the word, and that it that if you catch it early, it can be operable and dealt with, but eventually... You have to take more and more drastic measures if you're going to try to preserve the life of the patient. And and ultimately, if if it's too late, 
then there's nothing you can do. Well, I think what we have here is a situation where, yes, the, the, the cancer in San Francisco is rather advanced. And I do need some help excising the tumor. Interesting. Well, we know about the change in leadership, obviously. Uh, you understand, William. We've been very busy in Chicago. We're all very busy. We're all very busy all the time. That is our state of being. And that should never be an impediment to actually getting things done now, should it, Harry? No, 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 of course. But priorities, William, priorities. And, well, we've gotten around to San Francisco now, and, uh, well, we know the leadership has changed, and we are aware that you have a bit of an anarch problem, William. Indeed. But I think, ironically, considering the purportedly decentralized or egalitarian nature of the anarch movement, I think that this is very much a cult of personality here, and that... A little bit of light decapitation will do wonders for the situation. And I mean that both metaphorically and quite possibly literally. Well, we did rather hope that your stay in San Francisco would allow us to deal with the Oakland problem. So perhaps this just seems to have escalated a little bit. Although, I will admit, William, we are quite disappointed that someone was able to set up a barony within the limits of San Francisco itself. That's, well, that that's yes. not what we were expecting. It's not what any of us were expecting. And perhaps if I'd been dispatched here a little earlier, before, as I said, the cancer had metastasized, then I would have been able to take care of the problem. But now we are at a situation where I am trying multiple avenues uh, to attempt to resolve the situation. But as we've always said before, there's, there, there, there is no substitute for having multiple schemes, multiple layers of redundancy. And oh, there may be the option to resolve this peacefully. There may be the option to resolve it through a bit of light subterfuge and uh, a few carefully targeted murders. Or alternatively, it may have to be all-out war. And I want us to be prepared for the last option if it comes to that. Yes, well, you are rather good at all of the above, William, which is why we sent you there in the first place. But Indeed. I hope you do realize, regardless of how you solve the situation, an example will have to be made of the Baron. Oh, of course. Well, Marcus of course. Voss. Yes. Who is he, anyway? Never heard of the man. Honestly, that's possibly the most vexing part for this, because he is fundamentally a nobody. But unfortunately, he is a charismatic nobody, and he seems to be good at getting Kindred to follow him. Uh, and that's a dangerous combination. Yes, charisma. Very overrated, if you ask me. Quite. If, if if we needed charisma, we wouldn't have the dominate ability, would we? There's an actual low chuckle from Ari on the other end of the of the line. He is, yes. Well, let's see how well his charisma does for him. 
once you get a hold of him. But uh, we do expect, William, that the situation be resolved fairly soon. We are having some issues with the Middle East at the moment, and we would prefer that this particular problem be dealt with so that we can not have to split our focus so much. What is it exactly you need? If you give me a team of, I'd say, a half dozen kindred particularly skilled at violence, uh, the more brutal the better, but once we can control, then if the more subtle and diplomatic means fail here, then I think... I I think what we're looking at here, as I said, is a limited military engagement. I'll see what I can do, William. We have resources allocated in several other places at the moment, but I can pull a few strings, I think. As long as you can promise a quick resolution. We cannot afford to have an extended situation happening in San Francisco right now. One way or another, this will be resolved soon and decisively. Marvelous. See if you can take care of Oakland at the same time while you're at it. Very well. Let us know when you have your next appointment for the prince, I suppose, considering what happened to your last one. Although it might not be a bad idea for you to remain as, uh, what is it they're calling you, Prince Regent at the moment (laughs) until you can take care of the Anarch problem. Indeed. Very well. I will call you within 48 hours and let you know what we have for you. And there's just a decisive click. Sophie comes in with the dossier that you requested. The phone call did not take as long as she was expecting, obviously. But she sets it on your desk uh, in front of you and says, would there be anything else? Uh, We do not have very much on uh, Miss uh, Van Ness, but uh, here's what we have. And she leaves, closing the door. As she closes the door and you start flipping through this dossier, you feel that that sort of twitch almost in your body that you've been feeling over the last few weeks. That's just sort of, it started as a bit of a tickle in your brain. And mm-hmm. it's started manifesting itself a little bit in your actual body. It's it's like a twitch in your in your left hand and your leg. And with great effort and control you can calm it down but it's getting harder for you to control this call you feel this draw that others in your clan have referred to as the beckoning drawing you towards the Middle East you can feel it, this sort of power radiating out towards you but you have other things to do, you do not have time to deal with this not even remotely but at some point somehow, somewhen, you're not going to be able to control it. And that fact just kind of wiggles away in the back of your brain for the moment. Let's see whether we can at least fix San Francisco before I have to leave. Quite. So we'll leave William there for the moment, looking over this dossier and forcing his body back into stillness as he resists the call again for the moment. And have a look in on... Marcus and Katerina, as they arrive for their double date. You pull up upside, outside Charlie's, which is an Irish pub. They serve burgers and things like that, usually just, just to nominally keep the illusion up that what they do is also serve food. It's 98% alcohol, however. And you enter the bar. It's 
quieter night, you do have a group of people in a corner loudly singing Irish drinking songs. And then you have a group on the other side who are loudly singing German drinking songs and they're trying to drown each other out. But it's a fairly good place to go if you want to be rather anonymous because no one will be paying any attention to you. And Katerina in the back, you see at a table with a very large glass of beer, you see Ray Ray. And seated next to him with what looks like a flight of shots is a smaller man and he's got a small pencil-thin mustache. He's wearing very tight jeans and a plaid shirt and a biker's hat uh, is who you assume to be Raul. So chances are very good that it's... I'm just like raising a hand and greeting. Ray Ray jumps up as he is prone to do, although he winces slightly on uh, as he gets out of the chair and, he's, and his eyes light up. He goes, Cat, you're on time. You're not early. I'm so surprised. Yes, well, it's not just me, yeah? He looks over your head at Marcus and he just sort of strokes his chin a little bit and he nods. He's got that kind of mischievous twinkle in his eyes. Hmm, okay, first glance passes muster, all right. He sticks a hand out to you, Marcus says, Ray Ray. Nice to meet you, I take his hand. Do I get a name? This is Marcus Voss. Pleasure. This is Raoul, and Raoul stands up and he smiles. He's a, he's a good foot and a half shorter than Ray Ray is, but he also shakes your hand. And he says, wonderful to meet you, Katarina. It's just been, I've been hearing so many things about you for the past few months. And you're tall, dark, and handsome stranger. And he winks flirtatiously at you, Marcus. I went back. Oh, I like this one. Ray Ray didn't seem to notice as he was more focused on you, and he pulls out your chair, as he always does, Katarina. Says, well, have a seat, have a seat, come on. What'll you be drinking? It's on me tonight. You shouldn't tempt me so, Ray Ray. You know what I drink. Oh, I know, but this is your first date that I know of, so let's have a good time. Top shelf? Yes. He he looks you up and down, Marcus. He says, uh, whiskey man, bourbon? Either will do. So several good local whiskeys here. Mm, I like that. And he puts in an order with the waitress who comes over. She looks very, very tired at this point, And you notice she's got earplugs in. She has to take one of them out to catch your order. Uh, and Ray Ray starts laughing as soon as she walks away. Says, the singers have been going at it for about two hours and 34 minutes at this point. She says. Well, yes, I can only imagine... A rowdy place isn't rowdy for no reason. So, he leans back, takes a swig of his beer. What's been going on with you two? I assist the uh, local longshoremen's union, and we've been working through some disputes lately. Lots of protests, lots of striking going on, I hear. Striking for proper pay and benefits. Oh, I'm 100% behind, behind you on that. Striking all the way. Don't cross the picket line. It's dangerous. Nobody likes a scab. No, 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 no. We would never. We would never. And Raoul smiles and says, Yeah, we've been striking at my coffee shop, too. Haven't worked in a week, but you know. No, it's part of the benef- the part of the benefits of being in union is having that support when you need it. Well, we just voted to unionize. That's why we're striking. 
but they're uh, trying to bust it up, you know. No, I didn't know. Where do you work? It's one of the local, smaller local chains. They don't think we, there's enough of us to unionize, so they think they can get away with paying us bare minimum and taking our tips and things. So uh, when we voted to unionize, it was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate. I dig into my pocket, take my phone out, and I look like I'm taking a note. I'm actually texting uh, Monica and telling her that I need to meet her later about a matter. I put my phone away. Raoul passes you the business card. It's It looks fairly inexpertly designed, but he looks rather proud of it and says, I'm, I'm the, the union rep for my, my branch uh, of the coffee shop. So, yeah, it, it's... It's a lot more work than I thought it would be, but, I mean, they can't keep taking our tips. Yeah, it's not just that. Uh, it's not just taking your tips, right? It's continuing a process of subjugation. That's all they're doing. They're, they're pushing you to, to, for you to continue to feel comfortable. And in that comfort, you give them everything they need to survive. And what um, your people have obviously realized through your organization and collection of of those names and those union cards is pretty simple, and that is you have all the power. He he smiles. It's a very pleasant smile. He's a very charismatic person, and Katarina, you can see kind of what attracted Ray Ray at the beginning as well. You know, my my family are farm workers. We picked fruit, and we cut cabbages and all sorts of things, and you know what they pay people like us to do that sort of thing. So if they think they can intimidate someone who comes from that kind of background, they've got another thing coming. That's all I'm going to say. Well, keep the fire and the passion and you won't have any sort of issues. The waitress brings over your drinks. Ray Ray pats Raoul's hand and says, Yes, uh, we, we've got so many posters up at the apartment. Now we've moved in, Katarina, I don't know if I told you, but uh, he's, he's got all of these uh, these posters up about uh, the, the boss needs you, you don't need him, things like that. I do love the passionate man. Yes, you do. I remember. Raoul just sort of snorts. And Ray Ray looks offended. It's like, that was the time in the past, Cat. That that was my past. This is the new Ray Ray. The new Ray Ray simply has found someone who is willing to tolerate him. I thank you very highly, Raoul. You are still very much the same, but you are also still very who you are. Yes, well, says Raoul. I, I do what I can. Someone has to take one for the team, you know. We can't have him going around breaking hearts all over San Francisco anymore. So I volunteered, really. Well, yeah, because it didn't used to be your job. And Raoul raises an eyebrow and looks at, at Ray and says, Oh, you didn't tell me the fire in this one. My, my. I can see how you two get along. Because we actually drew names. We put them all in a big hat and said, Who was going to take Ray Ray this time? And I drew it this time. So, you know, only it's stuck. And here we are. I didn't have any say in this particular decision. I was not consulted, but I approve anyway. He looks at you and says, I don't think you're exactly the, the right side of the, the the field to be making that kind of decision, dear, but I'm glad you approve. But he is my lifeblood. I would kill for him. He looks a little taken aback at how seriously you say that. And then Ray Ray just rolls his eyes. She says everything seriously. Don't take it personal. So we'll leave the two of you for the moment, having your date with Raoul and Ray Ray. Alex, you arrive at Elysium and 
the the place is not quite as hopping as normal because it's the night after Valentine, so some half the kindred of San Francisco is probably hungover um, in one way or another. But there's still a decent number of of kindred in here. The dance floor is empty at the moment, but you see Sebastian making his way around, talking to all the various tables. He's wearing a very neat frock coat, uh, and his cravat is exquisite as usual. But he, but they're in different colors. He's wearing all these jewel tones tonight. He looks dazzling, and he looks up as you come in. Ah, Alex Giovanni, my darling. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. We missed you last night. Yeah. Well, one of mine had uh, a party on a boat, so I had to go. Yes, I heard. Shame I wasn't invited. Well, you know, if you uh, attended a certain temple, you probably would have been invited. Darling. The world could not handle it if I got any better looking than I already do. That is probably true. But we haven't spoken in so long, and I uh, just got done with a meeting, so I figured uh, I will come down here. Well, it's a pleasure to have your smiling face, he says, within, with a raised eyebrow and a wink. As always, I'm sure you'll find some delicious bits of gossip around. Oh, you don't have any? Darling, you wound me. But you didn't ask. No, I haven't. I figured, you know, you have to say your hellos first, and then we'll, you know, get our tea. Get down to business. And he leans back against the bar. So, how's the Baron? I'm sure he was at the party. I know you two aren't on speaking terms, but I have heard from a little bird that he made an appearance. I saw him briefly, um... I didn't really, you know, he's always with that Toreador and fine. It's fine. Ah, uh, yes. Well, you know, they say if you're looking for partnership and romance, you can't do better than a Toreador. He wiggles his eyebrows at you. Yes. Yeah, I heard that there might be a shakeup on your side. Really? Yes. Whatever gives you that idea. He's looking at you deadpan. Just some things I've heard. I don't know what's going to come down the pipe. Now, come, come. Don't be such a tease. Well, you have some bad elements in some of your clans. You shock me. No, I mean real bad. Both eyebrows go up this time. Is it the wizards this time? Or the other ones? Oh, it's the wizards. Of course it's the wizards. Who else would it be? Right. They need to stop messing around with stuff. Mm, yes, they really, really should. But uh, I'll keep an eye out. We don't get many of them visiting us here. Just sort of gestures around. You don't actually see any Tremere here tonight, at least from your casual glance. I've heard they've been uh, closing ranks a little bit ever since that uh, unfortunate incident at the Park Place Library. It's never pleasant, you know, when you find out it's one of your own clan that's poisoning the city. <laughs> I don't know why that was such a shock. But then I also heard the one in charge of them was a Malkavian. Isn't that delightful? Well, you know, people need to stop underestimating those Malkavians. Yes. They're not all odd. No, they're not all well. 
Well, no, they're not that either. Uh, and he laughs again. Interesting, interesting. It's good to know. If you happen to see our beloved Prince Regent around, as I know you've seen him a few times, he smiles again. Do inform him that Sebastian would consider it a great honor if he were to grace us with his presence. He has not yet done so since his arrival in San Francisco, and I'm quite, quite hurt. Actually, I just got done speaking with him, and he said he might come down. Oh, delightful. I wouldn't count on it, though. I may have to take Elysium for a little trip around the bay. In that case, our good Prince Regent isn't going to grace us with his presence. I may have to make him aware of the social ramifications. Excuse me. And he smiles. And as he says that, very carefully and looking a little bit anxious... One Rom the Shaman walks into Elysium, followed by two other Malkavians, who you met in the parking lot, Rom. Oh, good. I have an entourage. You walk in and you see, you know, Elysium's not super busy at the moment, but people are talking. There's low jazz playing. And you see Sebastian leaning on the bar talking to Alex Giovanni. What a surprise. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I'm going to look around the room to make sure that anyone else that is looking to make eye contact with me, that I make polite eye contact with them for approximately two seconds apiece. And then I'm gonna saddle up next to one Alex Giovanni. Sebastian looks you over. Rom, he says, well, if it isn't the captain coming to pay us a visit at last, you're looking well. I tip my invisible hat and say, Captain, back to the other boat owner. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Your teeth certainly light up the room. Absolutely. You know, if we keep building party boats, we will have to establish some form of admirality. Admiralty. 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 I don't pronounce things... Good. You shock me, Rom. You shock me. Ah, <laughs> uh, I try not to. Um, but, you know, if you'd replace the carpet on the floor here and I'd stop shuffling, I'd shock you a lot less. Anyways, so, Alex, how are you doing? There have been better nights. I imagine so. I came here with a purpose. Oh? I am. I am a man with a plan. <laughs> Alex actually looks shocked. <laughs> I actually came because I am looking for, um, well, I'm just, we're doing some work on the ship. The party is great, but I'm trying to make sure that we keep pumping it up each and every time. So I heard a little rumor that uh, there might be a couple more of those uh, flesh crafty types in town that aren't trying to kill us. You know, have you... You know what I'm talking about? No. Well, I mean, I've never... I don't think I've met one in real life, but um, they do the um, they do the rearranging. Alex is going to, like, reach around Rom and pinch him on the back of his arm. Okay. Ah, Jesus. Sebastian is just looking between the two of you, going, oh, are we talking about the Castro? 
you know one of the dragons has taken up residence there. I haven't been I haven't been there in quite some time. One does not simply intrude on Zemitsi's territory. It does not tend to go well. Zemitsi. 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 Alright, I'm getting I'm getting my little pad out. Hold on, I gotta write this down. He just kind of rolls his eyes and goes, well. Prince Regent hasn't seen fit to do anything about it. No, I'd like to see him try. Have you ever tried ousting Azumitsi from their claimed home? Doesn't tend to go super well. Why would you want to... Wait, hold on. I'm missing political intrigue. Why are we not... Why would you want to oust one? What's wrong? They're not Camarilla, Rom, dear. Oh, well, I mean, I guess neither are am I... And and no one's trying to oust me. Have you laid claim to an entire district of San Francisco? Uh, this one has. Oh, well, who's not laying claim to a district of San Francisco these days? To be, I mean, absolutely fucking frank. I mean, my boat might only be a few hundred feet long, but I mean. That's my domain. So I You mean, can't be Frank because he is. Oh God. That's his name. You're just so Edwardian. Anyways. But he could make you Frank. With flesh crafting. It's what they do. Oh, you mean the 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 Simi Zizi. The name is Frank. Holy crap. Well that's fortuitous. Writing that down in the little notebook. He goes by Dr. Moreau to most people. Based? Whatever that means. He looks over your head, Rom, at Alex, and gives you a wink, Alex, and says, I can see you two have business to attend to, so I will flit about. But uh, do keep me in mind if you get any more good gossip. Ta-ta. And he just sort of flits off. He's never going to come to my boat, is he? No. It doesn't look good. Why would it not look good? Is it about? Because he's Camarilla going into not Camarilla territory. I thought we were all friends here. <laughs> no, there is a strict no violence rule here. We're not all friends. Sebastian and I are barely friends. Oh, well, okay. But we're friends, so that works. Rom just assumes this, <laughs> is, is establishing it, not even waiting for anyone to deny it. Yeah, no. Um, I I heard about uh the um uh the dragon kind. Mm-hmm. You should probably talk to your baron before you talk to one of them. Why? Because he knows them. Oh, um, but like, what if I'm looking for something weird? That's what they do. But you No, I know, Alex, I know that. Alex, I know that. It's it's for the it's for the boat. Okay. It's, but it's like a, it's like a sexy thing. Don't, you need, don't don't look into it. You need somebody don't to Don't read into it. You need somebody to introduce you, is what I'm saying. I can it not be boss boss? I can don't know anybody else who knows them. Can I just bring them a gift basket? Um, I don't think you can get a hold of what would be appropriate for in a gift basket for them. I don't know. Um, left gallbladders, maybe an appendix. Just go. I can get tonsils. 
just go talk to Marcus. It doesn't mean like anything, but he can tell you the correct way to talk to them. Do you know how many years it's been since I've talked to one of them? <sighs> well, as long as you trust Marcus, then I guess I can go talk to Marcus about this. But there was a bit of discretion. Well, you don't have to give him details. Just tell him you need you need some work done. Why are you assuming it's work on me? I'm not. I'm telling you what to tell him. I just... Fine. I'm just, you know, trying not to owe a billion fucking favors. That seems to get people in trouble around here. I don't think that asking somebody if they would introduce you to someone else is necessarily owing them a favor. And if Marcus is going to be that petty, I mean... No, it's not about pettiness. I mean, Alex, it's it's about it's about the fact that like I'm already living in his territory. My boat's there. All my ghouls are there. I'm doing all these other things for him and and that's when Rom realizes that he's raised his voice. I just want to keep some things to myself. Okay. Well, how about I We'll reach out. You never owe me favors. We'll reach out and I will see if it will be safe. You do not want to wander into that territory. I, okay, I acknowledge that. Look, I acknowledge that. I respect you. I respect you. I respect you. But I... And you don't have to tell me what you're doing. You can deal with whatever payments No, I mean, it's, no, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. It's just discreet. Like there's there's a difference. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's not a big deal. I was just I was kind of hoping I would just come into Elysium and someone would be like would be like, "Oh, hi." And like shake me with like a third arm, like shake my hand, and I'd be like, "Oh, cool. You're the person that does the arm stuff." And I'd be like, hey, I um I want I'm looking for um some uh some uh uh I'll keep that part to myself. Well, look, Rom, let me fill you in on a little bit of history. They weren't always independent. They were often treated as a disease, as something wrong with them, as oh, something you could catch. The flesh crafting stuff? I mean, it depends on what myth you believe in or whatever. Oh. You know, there was a big slander campaign against them. So, they don't have a tendency to want to uh, mingle or be a part of anything. Unless they but they're in the to. Castro district. That's because it's theirs. Notice they are not in the barony. They are not... Well, I mean... It was Camarilla ter ter territory, but it's not now. So they when have did this happen? Around the same time, the barony popped up, and there nobody on the big side. Nobody on the big side. This is not. This is not like an official overture. Nothing. Nothing big. Nothing big. This is just me like trying to find a good stereo dealer. No, but. Can I just send a message that says, hey, would you be willing to meet with Rom? He would like to purchase some of your services. Yeah, 
yeah, we just we're getting some equipment for a room. So, you know, it's just it's a fun thing. It's just okay. like nobody big, just somebody on the down low, like a junior member, like, you know, an intern. Right. I don't know. But I'm just saying I just don't want you to like stumble into that territory and get yourself in trouble. Everything that you are saying makes sense. They just don't like to be disturbed or harassed unannounced. Like I said, there are other clans and other kindred that just will harass or hunt or hurt them. Well, that makes sense. I didn't realize I was such an in- an intimidating zaddy. I just wanted to talk to them. Anyways, so what's up with you? And as, as you say that, uh, you see Jean Valentine, the Herald, walk in. She tips you a, uh, a wink, Rob raises both eyebrows at Alex and just goes off into a back corner. And uh, before we leave our vampires for the night, let's turn the cameras over to the Opticon offices. As William, you're going over your files on Phoebe Van Ness. You find she emigrated from Holland uh, around 1945, and uh, that not much is known about her past, that only that she's been a vampire for quite some time. And you're reading through what notes you do have on the Tremere clan whip when your nose wrinkles slightly as you catch scent of something disagreeable. And then there's a bit of a rumbling in the building. You hear Sophie let out a cry of surprise from the office. Oh, What now? As suddenly the roof above you falls in and a pipe explodes and you see the same thing happening in the room outside your office. And from the noise, it sounds like it's happening in a lot of places in this building as pipes explode, showering you, your office, Sophie, everyone with loads and loads of sewage. Well... Yes, I think I know who is to blame for this. All right, maybe the time for subtlety has passed. And as you have that thought, we will leave the episode there for the night. Thank you all for joining us as we leave uh, William standing in his office covered in sewage and the building flooded with unmentionable things. And we hope you will tune in next time to find out what exactly the repercussions of this are. In the meantime, thank you and good night. <laughs>